Hello and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast and I am Nico Lapalusa, your host. Man, I took a little break. Took a little break, had a little breakdown, and I took a little break because I had a little breakdown. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a real, it wasn't a true breakdown. It was just um, the downward pressure necessary to keep going. It was the the necessary self-doubt um, that either breaks one or builds them up to make them stronger to keep going. I just had some doubts, man. It's pretty, it's pretty normal. I think any part of a journey, any part of the hero's journey, I wonder what it's called. That is something I want to research a little bit more. The, the uh, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. And I've done a little bit. I just can't remember all the parts and all the breakdown. But basically, The Hero's Journey is uh, you get inspired or you get inspired or something terrible happens. That can be inspiration to set you on a journey, to set you away from home so that you go travel. And when you travel, there's different parts where uh, you face villains, you meet friends, uh, you get to your ultimate tribulations, you have ups and downs uh, leading up to a climax, and then you make it out the other side. And, um, and then you return to where you started, but different, but elevated. And what I liked in, in, in this hero's journey is there's micro hero's journeys within the, in, within the greater hero's journey. And every day is kind of a hero's journey, right? You wake up in bed and you end up in bed just a little bit different. I love looking at those macro scales and how there's spirals within larger spirals, if that, if that makes sense. There's timelines within larger timelines. There's waves within waves. And I think I was just reaching that point of this journey, the Goodwin podcast journey, the sharing myself and, and really putting myself out there in a way, um, in a different way. And I got hit with that doubt and that, you know, what am I, what's this about? What's this about? And, it, and it, the doubt was strong enough where it was like, you know, it was a moment of that might be a good time to back out. What that downward pressure does is it literally, it either, it, it's, it's like a crossroads where you, you kind of either choose to keep going or you use it as an excuse to choose another path, maybe is a nice way of saying it. But that downward pressure is like an airplane. In order to take off, in order to fly, needs downward pressure on the wings to cause liftoff. Birds, the same thing. So there's always in this world that we've been given, there's this downward pressure that's necessary. You know what? Maybe it's not necessary. (laughs) 
Maybe there's a perfect utopian world where there's no downward pressure, where there's just exponential growth, where it's just where an arrow doesn't need to be drawn back to be fired, to be flung forward. It can just be forwarded like that guy in, um, in that superhero movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, who just sends the arrow. Anyway, it's a tough, that's a tough reference. Yeah, maybe there's a utopia. Maybe he- that's what heaven's about. There's just no downward pressure. Everything's light and exponential. And that's heaven. And that's the next dimension. Garden of eternity. <sighs> but it's good, man. I don't feel like it was a full, a full hero's journey. I don't feel necessarily stronger. What happens when you take a little break and... Uh, you kind of want to, you kind of want to return. There's something about resting. There's something about like resting and recovering and then returning. That's the three R's, baby. Rest, recover, return. Rest, recover, return. Dude, that's going to be someone's fucking catchphrase. If you're out there and you're a, a fucking personal trainer or a fuck a a, a dolphin like a seal tra- any type of trainer if you're a, a train conductor no maybe not a train conductor if you're like a i picture like jocko willink like if you're a navy seal who's retired doesn't know what to do with their lives you're gonna and you want to make like a like a brain serum like sell like a mushroom supplement and your and your slogan can be uh rest recover return i don't know that's not that creative i'm sure that's being done i it's actually something i really want to talk about is creativity because i i if you go back to a an episode or two ago, I talked about doing that cannabis ceremony where I returned to cannabis after not smoking for many, many months. And, um, you know what? I haven't returned <laughs> the rest and recovery from smoke usually. So I was worried that if I start smoking, I'm going to fall back into my habit of smoking every day again. I was legitimately worried that I wouldn't have the willpower to to stop myself because I hadn't been able to do so in the past. I would smoke. And then once I started, once I got that good feeling, that little taste, I kept chasing the dragon and I would smoke every day and fall back into the pattern. So before, you know, doing this cannabis ceremony, I do say ceremony because there were ceremonial elements to it. I sat, I lit some candles I did a I did a like a half hour meditation just before smoking, thinking about what I want this to be like, what I want it to be about, setting some intentions and all that. And um and I, I smoked and I started to do some things that you know felt creative. I started coloring again. I used to color all the time. There's there's art behind me to my my right here. Um, most of it hasn't been touched in like a year. That's a new piece right there, right below my elbow. It's a, it's a bison. 
It's a buffalo piece. I'm actually, that's, and it started in this cannabis ceremony, the coloring of it. I did draw it out and I started falling in love with it going like all my focus and all my attention was in it, in the coloring. I was even doing it by fucking, by candlelight, by very low lighting, which if you've colored before, it's a, it's a risk, but I was in it. Time was stretched into eternity. Time was not. I, I was just in the moment, coloring and enjoying and not thinking about how much I'm enjoying it, just pure enjoying it. But then I, I was, I've been thinking, I'm like, is that creativity? Like, People who are pro-weed and pro-cannabis are like, yeah, it can make you creative. And I had my doubts, man. I have had some serious doubts about that. And what I come to realize is I was just abusing it. And I was just consuming it in a way where it had lost all its ability to be creative. It wasn't a pattern interrupt anymore. It was a habit. And in that habit, there was just like a staleness because I would be smoking every day and it would not make me more creative or, or thinking from a different perspective. It was just kind of reinforcing the same thought patterns. It was reinforcing the same habits and, you know, eating, consuming TV or, or consuming what have you. And after taking a long break and returning, I got that creative feeling again. But now I'm starting to think, was it creativity? Because what is creativity? Is creativity imply novelty? Does something have to be relatively new to be considered creative? Because what I was doing was coloring. I've colored hundreds, hundreds of times. Really, it's one of the activities I've done from earliest on crayons paper bada bing bada bing bada boom coloring so yes i mean if you want to get into the minutiae i have never used that marker at that particular time with that particular amount of pressure on the same canvas you know it was a new canvas and a and uh but it's coloring it's using blending techniques that I've learned over the years. It's using like, it's hard for me to think that I'm, I'm not doing anything new and does creativity imply novelty or not? Maybe it doesn't. And maybe the novelty has already been spoken about in terms of it, it was a new canvas. So how could it be the same? maybe just talking about it, you know, makes it, makes it all messy and confusing because there's novelty, but it's also this kind of remembering. I, I feel like I confuse this creative state with just like a state of timelessness that is ancient, that is old as time. That is really just about remembering like Buddha nature or just nature as it is. And this state is often called creativity, but maybe that's a misnomer because I feel like creative does kind of push things forward or um, sometimes it takes two things that seem to be separate and combines them in a way that's new, that hasn't been done so before. 
and uh or is creativity just the act of creation is it like same cookie recipe that i do that i do every day as a baker is everyday creativity or is it only when i push the recipe into a new direction that creativity is employed so this is what i'm pondering i really like so i forget her name but there's an awesome TED talk by uh, the writer of Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth something. And there was also um, similarly to the thesis that she was talking about, there was uh, a book, ta- a book, books on tape, books on CD that I was listening to at the same time called The Psychology of Achievement. And they had lessons on creativity. And what they both said, Elizabeth something, is the thesis was basically putting creativity outside yourself, not not getting possessive over creativity. And this helps the creative flow or this helps the tuning into source to think things in a different way or to find the proper words or to problem solve is somehow putting the answer outside, not taking ownership of the answer. In in Roman times, I believe, or it could be Greek times, and this is from Brian Tracy's series, Psychology of Achievement, the genius. Nowadays, people say he's a genius or she's a genius. And apparently in Greco time, Greco-Roman times, it was they have a genius or a genius has visited them. The genius was a spirit, was a demon, was something outside of you that came to visit. And that and that they gave you the inspiration. And in this way, I, I think it's beautiful. And I think it's important to kind of look at creativity this way is non-possessive because when my ego gets wrapped up in what I'm doing and what I'm creating, when, when I make it all about, oh, these are my ideas, this came from me, and this is everywhere now. It's, oh, it's actually almost impossible to find an artist who's really willing to, to give that inspiration to a, something greater particularly the artists on the main stage, like on the pop charts. And it's like, it's always, I wrote, and it's subtle or it's, it's overt. It's like, I wrote this song or I'm a genius like, like Kanye. And I, I like this approach or I find some sort of positivity or gratitude when I can separate myself, when I can allow myself to be visited or like, a conduit for the transmission of something, just something, whether it's the bigger interconnected tissue of the world, or if it's a God or, or God or a demi, whatever it is, a demon, a spirit of inspiration, the elements visiting me in their, in a spirit form and creating this separation allows me to kind of keep working 
because there's a point, particularly if you're a painter, and a painting can sometimes stretch, and if you're me, because I'm not a diligent painter, a painting can stretch over the course of a month or two. Like that that large ape in the back, that's been at like 10, 20% for like months now. I haven't gone into it. And, and I've done that. <clears throat> but, and maybe I'm too attached to it. Or, I, or <laughs> another point I want to get to is maybe I'm waiting to get inspired. I'm waiting for the demon to visit me instead of making the circumstances right for the demon to want to come to visit me, for creativity, for my genius to want to come to visit me. And we'll talk about that. But this detachment from the creative flow, it, it takes some pressure off of me. Because, for instance, with the TikTok videos, right? It's like they keep coming. They keep flowing. And part of me has been accepting that they will keep coming. Because the knowledge, the words do just keep coming. Creativity is. It just is. Life is is and if i can just allow myself to tap into that then there's no shortage of of inspiration there's no shortage of words there's no shortage of content to produce and there's a little separate and also there's it allows me to not make something so perfect it it allows me to cuz i used to get paralyzed particularly in coloring because when you when you make a move with with marker for example it's pretty definitive it's hard to cover up colored pencils the same way with colored pencil you can't even marker over it if i make a mistake with marker i can use i can actually use colored pencil or paint to go over it but like colored pencil and paint it, it just has felt definitive and i felt like i've been paralyzed at times because I didn't want to make the the quote unquote wrong move or the wrong color combination that didn't create balance in the piece or didn't wasn't visually appealing. And this constant like letting this uh letting go portion of the process is just a little bit helpful when I don't make the inspiration about me. Elizabeth, that the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, talks about she had like a breakdown after she wrote Eat, Pray, Love because it had massive, massive success. And this caught, you know, this ensnared her in the trap of someone asked her the question, will you ever make anything as good as you did? And that question implies that it was hers that she made to begin with. And if, if you get caught up in that, you know, it can be very worrisome. No, maybe I won't. I won't make anything as good as that. And what what am I to do now? Am I done? Like, how do you find the will to keep going? I, I hear this happens when people reach certain mountaintops. I don't feel like I've ever reached some sort of mountain top in anything. So, um, and maybe that's the point to keep going. And this, I want to talk about the conditions 
setting up because there isn't it isn't all just letting go and waiting to be inspired that that's something that i had to learn too and that's something i still do with painting is i haven't developed a discipline to create the circumstances for the genius to come visit me and that's important is the act of showing up to something every day just it just creates the conditions it's like tuning into the energy or to the intention. It's like with goal setting, returning to the intention, returning to the goal as often as you can is an important part of achieving the goal because it kind of just sets that energy. It sets your fucking frequency, whatever you are. This it sets your rhythm to align with the rhythm that, of the thing that you want or the thing that maybe you already are in some way. And, oh, fuck, who said it? Oh, there's, I don't know it, but someone, there's a really nice little quote. It's like, yeah, I wait to get inspired and it happens every day at nine o'clock. Because, and the point is like, I wish I had the better quote, but the point is they show up every day for their writing. It was a writer. He shows up every day for his writing at nine o'clock, no matter what. And that happens to be the time that the genius comes visit, visits him when it chooses to. So kind of creating this. So I think creativity is not something to possess. I think life in a way is creativity. And, and like, the opposite of creativity might be destruction. So like life and death, right? But if you take life far enough, it becomes death. And if you take death far enough, it actually becomes life again. And creativity, if you take it far enough, maybe it becomes destructive. Or maybe that's when the downward pressure starts happening that I was experiencing this was like a sort of death part of the cycle. And as a, if I keep going a little bit further into that downward pressure, into that self-doubt, into that refinement, maybe that creative genius will return to me. And that's what I'm hoping with this, with, uh, with the show and with all my works. So it's about creating the conditions. So creativity is about creating the conditions. Just simply showing up so that your genius can show up for you. And the question really is, how do I get myself to show up? Because really, once I start doing something, I can keep going or I can tap into that sense of flow. It's like I was literally standing in the middle of a room yesterday. Just procrast. I, I'm. I, I wrote down on a list. I make little lists of my, for myself every day, and I wrote down stretching because I'm starting to increase my flexibility. That's a little intention I have. And it was like one of the only things I didn't do on my to do list, and I was just like standing in a room, not stretching, just standing procrastinating 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 
until, well, actually, I got a little sign from the universe. Someone, I, I I was on my phone procrastinating. And I opened up Instagram, like as I'm standing in this room, like on my mat, ready to start the split series that I wrote down. And instead of starting, I opened my phone and someone new followed me and I clicked on their story. And the first fucking thing was, have you stretched today? I'm not kidding. I just, I don't, I'm always amazed and yet never surprised by the, by the signs that are just everywhere in the universe or the interconnectedness of it all rather that might be it so i literally said oh fuck and i put my phone down and i dropped down to get my eagle on and i dropped down into a center split held that for a minute and once i was doing it i'm like yay i'm in it and it turned into a nice little 15 minute stretching session i got to cross it off my list and it felt good But fuck, there's just something about starting. There's something about sitting down and and hitting the first chord on my guitar. It's not even hitting the first chord on the guitar. It's something about sitting down and grabbing the guitar. There's something about sitting down, opening the first marker, opening the first paint, like, and making the first stroke. There's literally a, there's like an artist exercise um, that I used to do where I would take a marker and because of this, it was like to overcome sitting down and making the first stroke, which can be the most difficult. And I would just grab a marker, any marker out of the bag, open it up and without looking, just f- make a, a shape or a, a scribble or whatever came out during that day on the page. And then you transform it into something and that's a nice little warm up. It was a nice little warm up to just start just start. And I wish I had a little exercise for all the stuff. I'm getting better. I'm getting it better at just like okay, meditation, just just sit. Sit down and do <sighs> one little breathsicle. I was actually listening to this neuroscientist and um, they had a really nice exercise and I shared it on TikTok, but I like it in it because it's simple, it's fast and there's he had all the science to back it up, which reinforces my belief into it. Also, I feel it. So two inhales and a long exhale. <sighs> uh, and he said, you can do this one time. And you can feel a shift in your body. You can do it up to 10 times. Some people, see, that's another thing is that defeats me before I get started is I'll go to these like breath works workshops and it's like, all right, we're going to do conscious breathing for an hour. And it's like, the starting feels difficult, really difficult sometimes knowing that it has to be an hour. And there are really cool benefits. If you've never breathed intentionally for an hour, you can get high as a motherfucker. You can get so high. I've gotten so, so high off of breathing. So high that I'm like, why don't I do this all the time? 
my first time doing um, transformational breath, and that's that two inhale, one exhale, or just like a just breathe. It's like a super deep inhale. times an hour and when you do that first off i'm about to pass out right now from doing it and trying to talk but you do it for an hour laying down what happened was my fingers started to lock down into my hands and this is a comment this is something that hap- that happens to many people my fingers started to curl into fists, abnormal fists, like arthritis fists, and squeeze so hard that it was painful. And when I stopped breathing, I still couldn't straighten my hands, so I started to kind of panic in a way. I did my first transformational breath workshop when I was like 18. And no no one it was like a hundred people there was at this yoga festival and no one was like coming to help me so i'm like okay stay calm i lay back down and i and i continue the breathing i continue the breathing i think someone said mentioned that this could happen and to keep going and to just kind of calm yourself down and keep going and i and i kept going now all of a sudden i start bawling This is at the time where I did a lot of crying when I had these revelations. I started just weeping. I felt the energy. Well, first, so my hands locked up. My face got super tingly. I felt this pulsing energy from my anus to my head. And all of a sudden, it just goes, shoots up from my anus to my head. And I start weeping hysterically. Why? Because of gratitude. Because I felt so grateful to be alive. And then I started crying harder because I felt sorry for not remembering how grateful I can be. Because I'd realized it's been about 20 years of my life and I haven't felt this grateful for most of it. So I started, it, it turned from like gratitude weeping to <laughs> ugly crying, feeling sorry tears of sorry and then returning back to thank you it's okay and as soon as i came back to thank you i'm sorry forgive me the light, the sun parted the clouds and hit me right in the face i don't fucking know i don't know but there's something going on there's something going on And there's something with gratitude. And if you never believe in magic, maybe you'll never find it. And man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the God. And you can, I, and I'm faking it now a little bit, but I'm faking it to practice because when I do mean the gratitude, I'll know how to say it and, uh, and feel it. And I'm just showing up. Like creativity, I'm showing up for gratitude. So when the gratitude wants to come visit me, when my genius wants to come visit me, I can be ready and just sit and feel it. <laughs> there's this there's this tricky ass part of like the enlightenment thing, which I've tasted, right? I've tasted the Satori. It's, it hasn't been sustained. 
But there's this tricky part where all of a sudden you're in it. You've slipped into this immense gratitude. And then this voice comes in. You're doing it. You're really doing it. You're getting there. And if you listen to that voice, it can destroy like stepping on a beautiful flower. A flower can be blossoming and that thought just comes down and goes, poops directly on the flower. And another flower may come from the fertilization of that poop, but it's going to be another three months, five months, maybe a year for that flower to come back. But there's something to it, bro. There's something to showing up to that gratitude practice and, uh, and that transformational breath stuff is, is the real deal too. But if that's too arduous, if starting people, you know, there's that meme that goes around every so often and it's like, and it shows a ladder, a regular ladder. And then it shows a ladder where the first rung is like 10 feet above the person's head. And it's, and then the meme's like, this is why small steps are important. Because sometimes the first rung is so high that you can't even start the journey. So if you're looking to start the journey, it's one, and that's it. Don't even do another one. Do that one time and just check in for for three seconds. And do that one time two times in the day and then do that one time 10 times in the day and do that one time every time you go to a stoplight do that one time every time you pick up your phone every time I pick up my phone (sighs) that's it and just reset yourself and I wish I remembered the science behind it because it was actually pretty cool. It made, it made sense how this, this simple pattern of two in, one out actually triggers this relaxing function of your body. It, cre- like, it creates this clarity so that you can move forward in whatever task is at hand. And something that I do remember is he went into the science of focus. And I've mentioned, I was just listening to episode 38. And this was before I listened, and this was before I knew the science to support it. This is, that was just purely based on my own self-evaluation. At how focus or samadhi is a fundamental part of any practice, particularly meditative practices. If you go to any school, there's an element of cultivating single-pointedness, dristi, focus, samadhi. But it's also important in hunting, in jujitsu, in learning the guitar, in learning in general. Anything requires a certain level of focus. And this neuroscientist, Andrew Huberman, was saying the intensity of focus that you can bring to something releases, focus releases acetylcholine. So if I can do that breath, settle down. Then pick up the guitar and just bask, y- yoke, 
in the presence of the sound, of the hand shape that I'm making, of the chords, and just do a fucking A minor. That focus releases acetylcholine. What acetylcholine does is it interacts with neurons, marking them for growth. So whenever you learn something new, brand new, you pick up a guitar for the very first time and you want to learn a pattern and all of a sudden you release adrenaline and norepinephrine or norepinephrine. This excites you. It can frustrate you. It can confuse you. And most people and a lot of people will give up at this because there is this frustrating part, this like, I can't do it. Now, if you can move past that, if you can take that two inhale, one exhale at that moment, calm yourself down, learn how to reduce your excitement, your epinephrine level, settle into the focus, you can start releasing acetylcholine. What this acetylcholine does is it marks the neurons that will be used in the skill that you're developing. The epinephrine does this too. The norepinephrine does this too. It go, Because you're doing a new task, the brain releases the stress hormone. It's like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to accomplish this? And it can get really exciting. It can get confusing and it can make you irritable. So the norepinephrine primes your neurons. The acetylcholine that's you can trigger through focus marks the neurons so that when you rest, those neurons are marked for growth and for recovery. So the process to learn anything is, well, obviously you have to start. You're going to have to fumble. You're going to have to let that norepinephrine kick in. You're going to have to challenge yourself in a way and that you're releasing that epinephrine, norepinephrine to turn on the neurons that you need to use to complete that task. Then you need focus as intense as you can. That's why a lot of teachers will have you go really slow through things. And I think what they're trying to get at is that focus that's available triggers the acetylcholine, and then you need a nice rest. You need a deep sleep so those neurons that have been marked can grow, can regenerate. And this is something I'm learning. I'm learning that the first time I sing a song, the first time I play a song on the guitar, allowing myself to fumble and get through this irritating phase of no, really no good. Bring, slowing it down, bringing focus to it, completing it at a speed in which I can actually accomplish the task at. If it's like a three, four picking pattern, when I'm transitioning from chords, I've only done a few times. I slow it down so that I can actually keep the tempo of the three, four, or the tempo would be the beats, whatever. I can keep my picking pattern and transition. And that can be a fucking 10 beats per minute if it needs to be. And I have this intense period of focus and then I sleep 
And then I return to it a day later. I return to it two days later. I get Maybe I get two sleeps under my belt. And I'll realize I can actually do it a little bit better. I'm learning how to learn. <laughs> That's one thing I... Uh, I feel like school should just literally be learning how to learn. Learning how you learn best. Now, there are some principles like I'm like there's some biochemistry that we can all use to learn. But there's ways which you'll get yourself to sit down. There's ways which you'll get to be interested in things to learn about. Um, And you are unique and, you, you know, you're diverse and maybe you learn a little bit differently. Maybe there's a time of the day that you prefer to focus at. I don't know. But school should just be learning how to learn. It should be learning how to show up and learning how to learn and learning how to get up after you fall down. And I guess that's what this podcast is. So if you're homeschooling your kids, this is classes in session, baby. And I'm sorry for cussing. You probably, I probably have to stop cussing if you're going to be showing this to your homeschooled children. It took, it's been taking me forever to learn how to learn. And school really didn't do a good job at teaching me how to learn. Kind of taught me how to memorize shit and and get by, which might be a, a valuable skill. It taught me a lot about social life too. And uh, that's probably useful as well. Another thing that helps learning, he says, is sense of urgency sense of urgency will actually expedite all of these processes. And when, maybe it can be argued that your focus goes up when you, there is a true sense of urgency. If you're hungry in the wilderness and you need food, your urgency is high. Uh, your focus for finding food might be at an all-time high. And therefore, you might be releasing levels of acetylcholine to trigger that those neurons uh, for growth and development ASAP. So if you can incorporate a sense of urgency into that, into that pattern, uh, into that learning structure, which is, again, starting something, focusing intensely, resting, and sense of urgency. That's your winning combination for learning. There's also, he mentioned something, which I don't remember the science. He said, focus on something for like 15 minutes, an hour, whatever you can which focus can be is like a muscle in the sense that it can get stronger. So you might only be able to sit down and focus on something for 10 minutes the first time you do it. And you might be able to sit and focus on it for an hour after a year or two of practice, whatever it is. But he talked about sitting and focusing for that 15 minutes and then trying to complete the task absentmindedly. And with the guitar, it's so fucking great doing this, you know? It's like playing those chords as tight and technical as I can. And then as soon as like I've had enough, like playing those chords like a wild man. Like where I don't care if I drag, like... And maybe I shouldn't be using guitar because I'm still such a noob at guitar. But music, learning music is just... Well, it's as close as I am to the learning process right now, I feel like. And it's kind of where I'm dedicating my time. If you don't know, if I didn't mention it before, I'm going to Brazil in February to go to a music workshop and an ayahuasca retreat center. So I'm going to be doing eight to 10 hours of music for 13 days. 
So if I don't know music by then, then I'll probably need to rest and recover and keep showing up and then I'll know it in 10 years. In a way. And I'll just have to keep going. How about that? Ain't nothing gonna break up my style. Ain't nothing gonna hold me down. Oh no, I got to keep on moving. So yeah, going to Brazil, Brazil. I do plan on doing a few podcasts while I'm out there. I'm I'm wondering if I can interview uh, the maestro. He speaks not the best English, uh, uh, but I would love to have him on. He's just a fucking good guy, pure soul, and a master musician. Carioca fritas. Carioca. Viva Carioca. I'm coming for you, brother. Maestro. Uncle. Man, I feel like this is a really nice episode. It's very, very informative. I feel like there was some, it was really a hero's journey of an episode. And here we are returning to where we started. And uh, I do feel a little bit different. And I, I, okay, so comedy specials, just real quick. I think a good comedy special, they have callbacks. So like if you have a good joke, if you have a joke with a punchline, then you start talking, uh, people forget about it. And then in the back half of your your set, you do a callback to that original punchline and you can kind of double down on the laughter. And Dave Chappelle did this beautifully where he's like, he told us the punchline at the beginning of his special. And then he ended the special, I think, Build, he built all the way up and took all these deviations and all these misdirections, finally leading back to the punchline. He already told us the hero's journey. That's the hero's journey. And that's how I like to do um, – that's how I like to do uh, – I don't know. I, lo- I appreciate that in stories. Ending where you begin but slightly different. So think about that when you're storytelling. Think about that when you're creating when you're creating things. I don't know if I should share this. My girlfriend just texted me she's picking up condoms. I don't know why I'm sharing this. We haven't used condoms in years. <laughs> I should not be sharing this. I don't think anything's wrong. Well, it could be a birth control thing. That's my guess. That's how I'm ending this episode? I cannot. It's okay. Uh, it's what it is. We don't, we don't edit. You know how we do here. Most people don't make it all the way to the end. So if you did, that's your little bonus is knowing that I'm going to be... No. No. I refuse. I refuse to wear it. We just won't have sex. We just won't have sex. How about that? I don't need it. We can wait. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for cultivating your discipline. And uh, I hope this was entertaining. I hope it was fun, informative, maybe funny. I don't think it was funny, though, this today. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe. Uh, give us a rating, you know, on, on Apple and Spotify. That shit helps more than I even knew. So please leave us a five-star rating and write a little review if you, if, if you would. 
I'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being here. This has been The Good Wind. (laughs) 